Hello, hello, hello there. This is Mrs. D, the host of the Today's African Mom podcast. I am a counseling psychologist and reproductive health trainer and educator. I want to work with women to train them and educate them on matters to do with their mental health and show them the connection it has with their reproductive health. This information is so important for women. It is important for women to help them manage their health, manage their families, and manage their lives. Myth number three, vulnerability is letting it all hang out. Can I just put it up there that the word vulnerability requires vulnerability to say cheese? Okay, so vulnerability is based on mutuality and requires boundaries and trust. It is not oversharing. It is not purging. It is not indiscriminate disclosure. And it is certainly not celebrity-style social media information dumps. Vulnerability is about sharing our feelings and our experiences with people who have earned the right to hear them. Being vulnerable and open is mutual and an integral part of the trust-building process. So letting it all hang out does not count as vulnerability. Um, So if you've just met someone, Brene Brown um, tells us, it would not be a sign of showing vulnerability if you said, Hi, my name is Brene. And here is my darkest struggle. No, that is not vulnerability. That could be classified as desperation or woundedness or even attention-seeking, but it is certainly not vulnerability. Why? Because sharing appropriately with boundaries means sharing with people with whom we have developed relationships that can bear the weight of our story. The result of this mutually respectful vulnerability is increased connection, trust, and engagement. So when we have vulnerability without boundaries, what happens is this leads to disconnection, distrust, and disengagement. So letting it all hang out or boundaryless disclosure is one way of protecting ourselves from real vulnerability. And the case of saying that it's TMI, too much information, is not even a thing because it's the case of it's not a thing of saying that it's a case of too much vulnerability. No, vulnerability is bankrupt on its own terms when people move from being vulnerable to using vulnerability to deal with unmet needs, getting attention, or engaging in the shock and awe behaviors that are so commonplace in today's culture. So we need to distinguish between being vulnerable and TMI and replacing TMI with vulnerability. So we need to look at what trust is. Um, And a lot of people look at um, trust as if like it's a chicken and egg situation that We need to feel trust to be vulnerable and we need to be vulnerable in order to trust. So the issue of trust, you can't quite score it, you can't quite 
um, give it a test, you can give a green light. It's just something that you slowly build um, day by day, layer by layer, little acts, conversations and things like that. So um, Brene talks about a marble example, marble jar example, and I'll summarize it. So her daughter in grade three had a moment where she shared an experience with her friends in confidence and then the friends went and told everyone else in their grade and people were laughing at her etc so ellen ellen is the daughter the teacher ellen's teacher had a jar in her class so this jar she used to put marbles when the class has behaved well when they have been kind to one another they've shown teamwork cooperation communication etc and when they had uh, misbehaved gone out of hand or whatever she would pick out the marbles out of the jar so ellen and her mother now brene were talking about now these incidents of how the girls laughed at her etc and she asked her are there friends with whom you have a lot of marbles in the jar then she says yeah and that those are the friends who have done a lot of things that have earned her trust slowly by slowly over the years so these are people who if she shared something with like that with them they would not go and tell everyone else these are people who remember the names of her grandparents the names of her parents etc and it's the same with us that when people people earn our trust and we earn their trust when we put a marble in the jar, a marble at a time. Not just dunk everything and then hope you've built trust overnight. So it's something small, sharing that we care, etc. So the only time we think about trust as a chicken and egg dilemma is if we look at it as an investment and a leap that people in a relationship have to make before the building process ever begins so like people have to do like a big grand gesture of trust for then the relationship process to begin whilst it's something that happens slowly by slowly and you realize with little things you can trust this person and even with the big things you'll be able to trust um these people so one of the best relationship experts um that we have currently is john gottman and he talks about in his book the science of trust emotional attachment attunement sorry for couples so his book is called the science of trust emotional attunement for couples then he says that um something similar to what um ellen and um brene talk about in the marble jar he says what i have found through research is that trust is built in very small moments which he calls the sliding door moments after the movie sliding doors in any interaction there is a possibility of connecting with your partner or turning away from your partner so there is an opportunity to have a meaningful engagement and you can choose to have the engagement or not and these are small things um your partner your boyfriend your girlfriend your um child comes to you and their body language speaks of sadness or discontent and you can choose to engage with them and find out what's up or you can choose to look and say ah not today i do not have the time to carry someone else's baggage or i i just don't have the bandwidth for it today so the problem with betrayal um 
is not something that happens to friendships relationships overnight it happens slowly by slowly and this big betrayals usually happen after very many small ones have been done and Brené calls them betrayal of disengagement the betrayal of not caring the betrayal of letting the connection go of not being willing to devote time and effort to the relationship usually when we think about betrayal we think about and it evokes experiences of cheating lying breaking confidence breaking a confidence breaking someone's confidence failing to defend someone failing to defend you or someone else who's gossiping about us or not choosing us over other people um so those are betrayals yes but they are not the only form of betrayal and the problem with disengagement is that it triggers shame and our greatest fears the fears of being abandoned feeling unworthy and feeling unlovable i'm reading another book also um about will i be ever will i ever be enough and it's talking about narcissism narcissism in mothers and how it's something that is perpetuated etc and they talk about the disengaged mother and these are some of the things disengaged mothers trigger in their children the fear of being abandoned the fear of feeling of being unworthy the fear of being unlovable so what can make this covert betrayal that much more dangerous than something like a lie or an affair is that we can't quite point out to the source of the pain so it it's happened so slowly over time the erosion has been there so slowly but you can't see like what's causing the erosion it's it's like an invisible erosion but you can't quite see see it touch it there's no obvious evidence and by the way it can make you go a little crazy um and you start thinking i um i don't know i feel like we are not connected anymore i feel like you don't care about me anymore but i do i did abcd then you think it's not just that it's those small moments when you could have reached out you didn't reach out um etc so with children these actions speak louder than words when we stop requesting invitations into their lives by asking about their day asking them to tell us about their favorite songs wondering how their friends are doing then children generally feel pain and fear and not relief despite how a lot of our teenagers may act because they can't articulate how they feel about our disengagement when we stop making an effort with them they show us by acting out thinking this will get their attention like trust most experiences of betrayal happen slowly one marble at a time one sliding door at a time so the big betrayals or the overt betrayals only happen after a period of disengagement and slowly eroding trust so she ends that myth of um vulnerability by saying trust is a product of vulnerability that grows over time and requires work attention and full engagement trust isn't a grand gesture it's growing the marble collection one marble at a time 
And if you look at it from a spiritual sense, it's when you become lukewarm. You're neither hot, neither cold. You don't care. You're just, you're there. And you couldn't be bothered. That couldn't be bothered is the one that eventually leads to the big overt betrayals. So this myth was a big one for me um, because I used to think oversharing is the best way to get a connection. But um, as I'm reading this book, I'm learning, oh, okay, you don't have to share everything with people. You need to build trust first and foremost. And then slowly by slowly, you can be able to share one marble at a time. So again, just for us to remember that vulnerability requires boundaries. Boundaries, it needs to be open, it needs to be mutual, it needs to be part of trust. So I hope we keep that in mind and I wish you a vulnerable week. Until next week, be blessed and continue focusing on what makes you wholesome, what makes you prosperous, what makes you happy, what makes you calm, what makes you loving and lovable. Ciao!